0: Boys, binge boys, binge boys, binge boys, binge boys, binge boys. boys, boys, the Binge boys is the podcast you're listening to right now, where I talk about streaming shows with my pal Lon Harris. Lon, how are you? Hey, hey,
1: I'm all right. How are you?
0: Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, yeah, just uh re- ready to dive into the uh the the the, the, wor- the wonderful world of streaming. Uh your dog is wa- wagging his tail. He's a happy boy, huh? He uh
1: yeah, we've talked about this other show before. He, you know, I don't talk to anyone all day. I'm here by myself. It's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Nobody's leaving the house. Sure. Uh, I live alone. So if I speak aloud, uh it is to Taco, the dog who lives with me here. Right. Uh but he so podcasts are very confusing to him. Because I'm talking and he thinks like, that's for me. We're going out. We're playing a game. Mm -hmm. I'm chasing a toy. And by now you would think year of pandemic. I do a lot of, you know, I do this show. I do some internet shows. You would think he would be a little more used to it now. Not at all. Not even a tiny little bit.
0: Yeah. Anytime uh, Lon opens his mouth, it's it's taco time.
1: It's taco time. And he's jumping around. Yeah. Oh uh, well. Right. Taco time around here does not mean delicious uh, carne asada, or 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 perhaps some uh, some tasty al pastor. Ooh! Now you're speaking it, it my means, language. It means yeah. It means uh. It mean, or, or a little uh, conchita pibil. Wait, uh, wait, none of did you that. Say that last one again. Conchita pibil. You've never had that. That is a. It's a slow uh, roasted, marinated pork. Uh, Sometimes, uh, sometimes sort of, uh, you know, like a, a little spicy, but but also maybe a little sweet. Ooh. Um, well, I think about remember... Pastor that
0: way. It's got a little sweet. Yeah, in it's
1: it. it's it's a it's a cousin. It's sort of a different region of Mexico's take on an al pastor type dish. Uh, but have you ever seen the film Once Upon a Time in Mexico? Sure, the Robert Rodriguez, Rodriguez film. Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp in that film. This is his bit. Is that whenever every Mexican restaurant he goes to, he orders Conchinita Pibil, and if it's sufficiently delicious, he then murders the chef who made it for him. Oh. That's like that's like his his thing in that movie is he's obsessed with that with that dish. Wow, you would
0: think he would let the chef live if they if the chef did a fine enough job on the taco. No, I
1: think it's like he doesn't want anyone else to get to try oh, it. It's yeah. just I, it's just for him. I believe it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but I think I think that is the bit, but it's that, I remember that it's that dish because it's a, it's also a personal favorite of mine. Uh, highly recommend it if you see it on a taco menu, female tacos. What are about
0: a day. simple pollo taco?
1: I mean, I'm, listen, I'm fine. I'm fine with chicken in my tacos. I'm just, you know, like we're in Los Angeles. You could get a little more exotic with some of your flavors. Oh, you know what
0: I like? Uh, the, the,
1: but like a pollo asada taco. Sure. You ever go over to that yeah. home
0: state here in LA and have a breakfast taco?
1: Sure, yeah. Well, that's that's an Austin thing that Home yes. State has brought to Los yes. Angeles. We don't we're not really we're a breakfast burrito town.
0: We we certainly are, but uh
1: But yeah, you can you could do a breakfast taco at Home State. They're they're quite good, although not as good as the ones I've had in
0: Austin. I mean, as with most things, not as good as uh in the place where it gave that gave birth to it, except for sushi in Los Angeles. Sushi in Los we Angeles? in Southern
1: California, well we invent that's, that's 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 like the, the real original, like obviously Japan, the birthplace of all of that like raw fish, yes. let's eat it, omakase, whatever. But like what we think of in modern terms is like that cut roll, like mm-hmm. that kind of sushi, that's as much LA as it is. So, a, a real mech. I
0: mean, uh, just uh man. uh what, what do you say we call it an Audible and just make this a food podcast, huh?
1: Yeah, we're we're just like the foodie oh, boys. Oh, we
0: can eat our way from the have, French dips a lot of in downtown to the there, I, to the delicious spongy a, a, breads and little Ethiopia.
1: I'm like, oh, there's a lot of that. As if there's not a lot of people talking about movies yeah. and TV shows. Like, oh, I think the the food thing is overdone. Yeah, we got. Let's get back to nerdy movies. Yeah, we got
0: this corner covered.
1: <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense. Don't listen, to Lon. Cow.
0: Let's
1: talk about the news. Oh, I thought dim sum. That was my next stop. I was like, you ever been to Chinatown had those steam pork Little buns? Little Din Tai Fung. Oh yeah, those, those dumplings, soup dumplings. Who doesn't like that? Uh, Netflix, they picked up the entire, like all streaming rights to Sony Pictures' entire 2022 film slate. It's a multi-year deal, but it's going to apply to all Sony films for the year 2022. Ooh. So this means... Sony movies will play in theaters. They'll have their exclusive theatrical window. And let me guess, and then and they guess will
0: 45 days later?
1: Well, probably, but oh, we don't okay. know. They did not announce ah. what that is. That's the deal they make with the theaters. This is the deal they made with Netflix. So after their theatrical run, all of those movies will go directly to Netflix. So we know this is going to include things like Morbius, with everyone's favorite Jared yes, Leto Jared playing Leto Vampire. and Jared
0: Harris. It's a it's a yes. it's a smorgasbord of Jareds. It's a
1: Jared fest. It's a real Jared mm-hmm. fest over there. Uh, Uncharted uh, with Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland based on the video games yes. and the animated sequel to Spider-Man inside this into the Spider-Verse. Ooh. Those are all going to go direct to, to Netflix after their theatrical runs and Netflix said that they may partner co-finance some theatrical films along with Sony as part of this new deal. So this is like, we're we're sort of seeing this is Sony's response. They're like the one big Hollywood film studio that doesn't own its own streaming platform. Right. Okay. So they used to be part owners of crackle, but they sold that Mm -hmm. off to the fine people at chicken soup for the soul entertainment. Uh, So they're, they're out of the crackle business entirely. So it seems like we're going to kind of see a partnership, Sony and Netflix, To combat the Disneys and the HBO Plus Maxes and let's go back to
0: Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment.
1: Yes, as I often. Yes.
0: Uh, So is is Crackle a a feel good inspirational network? No,
1: they really. Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment is the company. They are already a co owner of Crackle. They've now assumed total control, but they are keeping the Crackle brand. Such as it is. They're keeping the Crackle brand independent. So it's, it's it's a chicken soup for the soul company. But it's still trying for like a, I don't know. I, I, I mean, to me, I think the Crackle brand, it's like a Spike TV kind of vibe. It's a lot of like dude movies and like documentaries, but about like the history of cocaine smuggling. Like <laughs> like movies for guys who like movies, I feel like is their I feel lane. like
0: I have like zero frame of reference of Crackle except for the candy bar that begins with a K that like the Nestle crunch knockoff.
1: Right. For, for a long time, it was one of the first ad supported streaming places. So you didn't need a, it wasn't like Netflix where you needed a subscription. You could just sign up for crackle and then stream mm. the, they were ahead of the game. Like we, they've now been surpassed by a lot of places like TV and Pluto TV. They got Vindu? into that game later. Voodoo, Roku's channel, like the Roku channel. Funda. Like those are now, even even Peacock is is now there's a free tier. So Crackle was ahead, but they didn't license enough stuff that people wanted to see. And it used to be the Sony place. Like that was where Sony movies would go online. Mm-hmm. But now Sony doesn't own them anymore. Sony's making a bigger money deal with Netflix to stream their stuff. So what do you do if you're crackle? You license you know, assassin thrillers from Russia, which they're doing. And like, you know, they're they're just like hoovering up whatever stuff they can buy to get people.
0: Are these assassin thrillers from Russia starring like Russian actors or are these assassin thrillers from Russia with Steven Seagal in them?
1: No, it's a lot of, there is a, especially now that there's so many of these streaming platforms, they're all just thirsty for content. They just need new stuff. So a lot of foreign movies get bought up and if they're sufficiently action oriented, the idea is you could just dub them and people might not even notice for the first 15 minutes they're watching that it's dubbed. And by then you've got them. Yep. So a lot of the time they just move this stuff over and they don't even tell people in the trailer that it's foreign. It just looks like a low budget action thing. And then you start watching it and you're like, I don't recognize any of these people. And they're drinking a lot of
0: <laughs> vodka. And uh, they're talking about oligarchs should be able to throw their money around and keep whoever well, they this want is- in power.
1: Yeah, this is happening a lot now, though, where they are just these kind of like, especially in Europe, like, like we watched one, The Head. That's a good example of mm-hmm. like independently financed cross-country right. production that those guys made. And then they basically made it and then they shopped it around. Like, who wants it in this market? Who wants it in this market? And so HBO Max got it in the U.S., but that's not an HBO show. That's just. HBO Max picked it up and was like, ah, people is, might like this uh, is thing. Is 30
0: Coins uh, done in the same way?
1: No, I believe that was HBO Latino okay, specifically gotcha. produced that one with Alex De La Iglesia. That was a higher profile. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, thanks for breaking down uh, Crackle. Yeah. And there you Sony. go. That's the yeah. Crackle
1: story, folks. Part one of our 12-part podcast series. The Oral History of
0: Crackle. It. <laughs> of
1: crack. Oh, uh, that would be, I would read that. That would be interesting if somebody did the oral.
0: I'd be more interested in the oral history of Cracked, that um, hu- that humor magazine.
1: Right, yeah. Or just Cracked. Or Cracked. Oh, trends. yeah. Snowfall, let's call it. Watch mm-hmm. it on FX. Amazon grabbed the rights to the Skydance sci fi action film The Tomorrow War, starring Chris Pratt. It was going to open in December 2020 in theaters, but then. The air was poisoned, so it didn't. Right. Uh, so now it's going to open July 2nd on Amazon Prime. It's going to be like the big July 4th Amazon release. Uh, it's from director Chris McKay, who did the Lego Batman movie. Mm-hmm. The concept is there are time travelers from the future. In the future, aliens invade. There's a big war. So a bunch of people from the future Isn't come back. is that always the way? Uh, that's how it goes, folks. So a bunch of people from the future come back in time to our time to recruit a bunch of, like, regular folks to become soldiers in the future. One to of fly them up on the asteroid and
0: blow it up before it hits Earth.
1: They need people who know how to drill. Yep. No, I don't know. I, You know, I'm sure they'll have some in you. Know, like, maybe it's the world's not as populated. This was my guess. That in the future, there just aren't enough people and they're they're using them all up. And they well, Let me ask you this. People. Is
0: uh, Chris Pratt going to be doing any wisecracking?
1: I feel like we all know that he is. I feel like he's going to have, he's going to take this seriously, but there will be like a wry deadpan sensibility about it. there would be a lot of like, well, here goes nothing. Like there would be a lot of that attitude.
0: Is he going to be uh looking pretty jacked? I would
1: say my, well, he can't, he's always got to, he's got to remain in that comical jacked where it's like, he's not Hemsworth. jacked. Right. he's not Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Jack, he's like, Everyman Jack, where it's like, like Everyman Jack, but then it's like, oh, you, you do. how Hal didn't Rudnick, are
0: bicep day. Yeah,
1: you, Hal Rudnick, are supposed to feel like if you felt if you got really dedicated, you could become this gotcha. Jack. You could not. He's using chemicals. W- but one more question: You're meant to believe that you could. Whereas Vin Diesel, Dwayne the Rock, Jot, they're they're going for unimpeachably like no one else could be as Jack. Oh, I thought as you were going to say as I'm
0: um, unimpeachable baldness.
1: Well, that too. It, it all goes together. If you get a certain level of Jack, you just have to shave your head.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Like
1: Frank Grillo is like the only holdout where it's like, shave your head. Man. I mean, what are you
0: doing? for a 55-year-old, Frank Grillo is just a specimen. What, one more question about Pratt. Will his conservative politics be on display in this movie?
1: Oh, I would say yeah, no. Probably not. Probably keep that on the sideline. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I would say definitely not in this case. No, okay. I don't think that will come up at all. There we go. No MAGA hats in the future. <laughs> what the, is this
0: called? The Tomorrow Wars?
1: The Tomorrow War. The
0: Tomorrow War? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Big, big, big movie. Yeah, Skydance also, uh, they also did Coming to America, number two. Mm-hmm. And they did, without remorse, the upcoming Michael B. Jordan, Tom Clancy thriller. Mm-hmm. Also, both of those were meant to go to theaters, and now they're all debuting on Amazon. So it's we sort of discovered the Skydance to Amazon backdoor system for all their 2020 Tomorrow
0: movies. Tomorrow Wars sounds a little bit like Edge of Tomorrow Wars with this side. I mean, it's not exactly time travel. It's like, you know, time travel. Well, that Brown one Huff was Day. a time loop. Yes. That was like time a time loop. loop. Yeah.
1: It's not, it's not
0: exactly the same. mash as up, crossover, major crossover event. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to...
1: All right well, that's your news that's all I got because we're it's a mini So, you know one cell. thing
0: I saw last week uh that uh you know um it, it, the, the, the the kid in this uh um um middle aged man uh got a little bit excited about was the uh the new space jam trailer
1: oh yeah the space it was space jam Legacy. space jam legacy space jam. yeah
0: so I guess space jam they, so they, the next if it's space jam legacy they all exist in the mm-hmm. same universe.
1: A new legacy, Space Jam. A new legacy. Does it exist in the same universe, or
0: is it is it a full reboot?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't. It's definitely not playing by the rules of the first Space Jam. The first Space Jam was outer space oriented, mm-hmm. and this new one is he gets sucked into the literal WB server. Right, right. So it's not identical. Uh, But I don't know. Maybe maybe there will be a joke about I can't believe this happened to me after it happened to Michael Jordan all those years ago. You know, I don't know. Uh, Well, anyway, Bill Murray could show up and be like, need any help again? I bet it could. Oh,
0: that would be a swell cameo. And oh, instead of the uh, Monstars are going up against the goon squad. Right. Right.
1: It's the Toon Squad versus the Goon Squad. Yes.
0: I mean, there's uh, some some good uh, rhyming action happening there. But uh, so a a lot of people were uh, talking about, you know, we saw the uh, in the one of the crowd scenes. We saw all of these uh, characters that I guess they Warner Brothers. The
1: the concept is that LeBron has been sucked into literally the Warner Media archive, So everything from. Game of Thrones to Clockwork Orange mm-hmm. to the Wild Bunch the to Maltese Falcon to Wizard of Oz, like anything that Warner Brothers owns and has released it exists side by side in this world. So you see there are Hanna-Barbera characters, mm-hmm. the Iron Giant is there, King Kong, uh, you know, is Zendaya as Michi? Is there, you know, a little bit of like,
0: everybody? Yeah, a, a, a real smorgasbord. Here are a, like a few characters that I was sure I saw, but I don't even know if these are all Warner Brothers uh, licensed characters. So maybe, maybe I was wrong. Um, I also may, maybe I, I, I think I saw like a, 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 you know, maybe some reports on a, on like, you know, um, sc- a screen stories or like movie, uh, uh, movie tidbits website or something like that. All right. So uh, one of the characters that I saw there, a fully new Dirk Diggler, a fully naked Dirk Diggler. And uh, apparently there was supposed to be a scene where, where he's like, LeBron, let me fuck him to death. I can fuck him to death, LeBron.
1: It's, have- it is weird for a children's movie, but I guess if the clockwork orange droogs are in there, I mean, I guess they're going for LeBron, it. LeBron, look at this hog on me. Look how big. He doesn't, I, that seems very, that, that's more aggressive than the real LeBron, character. let me see, you're, can I see you're yours? Taking some, can I- they're taking some license can I see- with Dirk Diggler. He was a peace-loving kid. LeBron, do you,
0: do you want to record an album with uh, with me and John C. Riley?
1: want to feel the heat it's like it's like Mark Wahlberg's here in the studio with us it's a remarkable impression I got
0: another another character and I, I'm not <laughs> sure if this character is even like I'm sh- certain I saw her but I don't know if she's even a, a WB character uh Charlize Theron's Aileen Wornos. The
1: the, Monst- yes, the, the the monster the serial killer of of the yeah, yeah the, the, the she was a sec- how did you recognize her under all that makeup what a what a transformation i know i know but like it was no it was clearly alien eileen warnos i think that was the mom from the goonies and you're just made, maybe getting oh, a little mixed i don't know mixed, mama fratelli uh, or the mom i think it's mama fratelli yeah and i think yeah of course mama fratelli what do you think you think i mean Sean astin's mother <laughs> it's, it's like
0: but I would. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that it was uh, Aileen
1: Wornos, War- mornos the the yeah, mon Aileen Wornos, yeah, the, the titular monster. Yeah. yeah, serial, real life serial murderer. You were like, let's let's base this bit on a real life serial murderer of of John. Yes,
0: and like I don't know why they put that in a kids movie because it's so grisly.
1: They were like, we can't have Peppy Le Pew in this, but let's have this prostitute who would pick men up and then yeah, murder but,
0: them. they and I know they're going against the goon squad, but wouldn't it be great if you had um, the monster against the mon-stars? That would be, I, I, I wish they had that.
1: Would it? Would it be great? I don't know. I think it'd be disturbing. And also, I got to say, I don't think she can hoop. I, I got to be honest. Like, just looking at her, you know, I don't, I don't know if that would play to her skill. I mean, I
0: think she could set a good pick.
1: She's more like you know, like she, she was like she was like a one-on-one maybe, but like in a, I don't know if she's a team true,
0: player. maybe like maybe she just posts up in the corner and waits for an open shot.
1: I just feel like kind of a ball hog. Mm, mm.
0: oh, well, well, too bad there there wasn't a basketball scene in that, like there wasn't Catwoman and Uncle Drew, played by Kyrie Irving.
1: <laughs> the, yes, that that actually makes a lot of sense. The the other two, I feel like, how I'll be honest. Felt like jokey suggest. Like, I'm not denying that you saw these people in the film. I gotta say though, those other two feel like comic prompts. Uncle Drew feels like, well, this that somebody should take a meeting. This is a synergistic opportunity. But you know what
0: happens? Uncle Drew, played by LeBron's former teammate, Kyrie Irving, he's gonna stop in the middle of the movie and like take off his makeup, and Kyrie and LeBron are gonna get into an actual argument over whose movie it is.
1: In real time. So so the movie is going to shift to a hybrid documentary format. Yes. So that we can capture in the moment. And you somehow know that this is coming, even though it's going to happen.
0: I do. Because you put those two together. It's like oil and water. Yes. They won a championship uh, with Kyrie hitting a very clutch shop.
1: I thought Space Jam Two was already finished being filmed, but apparently this is an ongoing project. There is
0: a—it's kind of a, like a live-action choose-your-own-adventure. Uh, uh, what was what was the choose-your-own-adventure uh, Black Mirror episode?
1: Bandersnatch. It was called. Yeah, it's, it's
0: kind of a—it's like Bandersnatch meets Space Jam meets um, the.
1: <laughs> this is the first time in months anybody's been like, "It's like Bandersnatch." You remember Bandersnatch?
0: It's like Bandersnatch meets the NBA Finals, basically. So uh, those those were some of the characters that I saw. But I'm looking forward to I'm I'm just hoping there's that scene where Dirk Diggler asked LeBron if he could see what he's packing.
1: I'm, I'm just proud of you for making this into a comic premise because it's already like the reality of this movie is so ludicrous that it would almost seem to defy. Any attempt, like how do you make fun of Space Jam where the Clockwork Orange rapists are Like that's real. Like we didn't make that it, it up. Was,
0: it was. It already was too far. But then I'm like, okay, Dirk Digler, Dirk Digler's
1: dick. To even look at that and be like, you know what? I can make this wackier. I can make this even crazier. I'm, I'm proud of you. Oh, it's thanks, on.
0: You know what? Um, feather in my cap. I appreciate that.
1: I feel like that's why we do this. That's why. That's why we make this show. That's why we get up in the mornings. Because it's already like there is a Maltese Falcon joke in the trailer. <laughs> How do you make this more ridiculous? You can't. It's,
0: it's, it's so far gone. The, the debate is is very real. Pepe Le Pew canceled and, you know, probably. Uh-
1: I, I will. I will throw yeah. this in. I made a joke, too. I get it. I get it. But the, Pepe LePew, it was not like, oh, he's a rapist. He can't be in the movie. That was not it. They had a scene with him in the movie and they just decided to cut that scene. It was not that he's banned from Warner Brothers. It was just that there was a Space Jam 2 scene and it was going to be like him learning his like him getting his comeuppance for being creepy. And they were like, eh, it doesn't quite play and removed it. So that's what really happened. We're kind of make I think it got a little overblown. You know what was most in that same way that like Disney put a little thing in front of Dumbo that was like hey, the crows are kind of weird. Just like talk to your kids about it. And everybody freaked out like they canceled Dumbo. It's like, it's still stream Dumbo.
0: (laughs) Relax. You know, what was most offensive to me about Pepe Le Pew. In some of the Pepe Le Pew cartoons, uh, he would become very uh, sexually attractive. How you say aroused, erect, visibly with what he get visibly erect in the cartoons, correct? No, he
1: did not. Oh, maybe I'm
0: misremembering there. But
1: Pepe Le Pew never got, never got actually... You never saw like, like, just like penis. a pink
0: fleshy erection.
1: He never had an erect penis in Warner Brothers
0: cartoons. Okay, all right, no. I'm misremembering. M- mis- but uh, there was, uh, he would become attracted to sometimes, a black cat who walked under a spilled a spilled paint.
1: Not sometimes, this is the bit. Now you're just describing Pepe Le Pew cartoons. That's what a always A spilled happens.
0: paint can the spilled paint can like puts a white stripe down the cat's back.
1: Yeah. That's yes. You know,
0: that's offensive because that is, that's skunk face. That cat was in skunk face.
1: I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm just going to let it hang. there. I want everybody to to know what just happened. Yeah. I want, I want want us to all absorb the gravity of this before. Let's go back to,
0: you sure we didn't see Pepe Le Pew's little penis? Well,
1: well, No, no, I don't think his (laughs) lipstick ever appeared. There might be a movie where he's holding lipstick, and I think you're just misremembering. Now, does
0: a skunk have a barbed penis like a cat?
1: I don't know. I don't know. They're called pole cats, but I don't think they're a kind of cat. They're a kind of what? Like a... What's a skunk? Like
0: a... I mean, like a rodent. Rodent?
1: They're vermin. I don't know if they're rodents. Well, I mean, well, what is a? You know, bats are well, What's a possum? That's a common. It's like, uh,
0: like I, I associate skunks with a marsupial, right? Uh, I associate skunks with raccoons, possums.
1: Uh, it's a. Ooh, I don't know. Methi- mephitis. Meth- Mephite. Can you look it's up a, what is a
0: Latin. skunk's dick look like?
1: No, I don't want that in my search history. You look that. All up. All right, I will explore that. I will go down that rabbit hole later. The NSA tomorrow is going to be like this guy spent like forty five minutes looking up skunk dicks. I'm just saying, put them on the list. All I'm Wix. saying is,
0: I, I'm 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 interested in animals with weird dicks. Ducks ducks got that corkscrew.
1: Yeah, ducks 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 have an infamously a famously messed Cats up. Cats got a, a little barbed wang. Duck listening to this right now, like what the fuck?
0: Yeah, don't pull us into this. <laughs>
1: Quack you, you judging me? I don't judge your dicks on my podcast. Um, that would be horrible. Thank God, there's no podcast where ducks judge my penis. I would feel very insecure. About that. You know what?
0: Extremely. Um, men have objectified women for so long and so many centuries. There should be a podcast called um, "Women Judge Your Dicks."
1: Oh my god, that would that that's how, ladies. If you want to like promising young woman us, that's how to do it. <laughs> Don't, don't pretend to be drunk and then give us a stern talking to. That's not really going to do it. But, uh, uh, starting a podcast where you, uh, just like look at pictures of our genitals and critique them. Devastating. Yes. Harsh. Devastating. Harsh critiques. None of us would, that that would be it. We'd all give up. You would run society from that. Yes.
0: (laughs) Nothing we could do. Um, the, uh, the future is female ladies. You win. Uh, (laughs) Lon, we watched... Let's
1: move on to some reviews now. What do you
0: say? It's getting too weird. So, uh, we watched some fun stuff. Uh, Coming up, we're going to talk about Invincible on Amazon. (laughs) Lon, there is a new series, a uh, serialized comic book universe uh, called Invincible on Amazon amazon streaming on amazon right now and uh yeah i uh pretty much knew nothing about it going in and damn if i'm not enjoying this a whole heck of a lot
1: yeah i am very jaded on the concept of like what if superheroes but in our world they're like what if superheroes but in a fucked up violent world? like It's just not like when I here's the example, the uh, example I was Mm -hmm. when I first moved to L.A. in like the late 90s, a lot of the graffiti and street art you'd see around the city would be like Mickey Mouse, but fucking fucked up on drugs. Like what if Mickey Mouse, but he was doing crime. And like that was like, oh, my God, transgressive. Like, I'm shocked my suburban morals can't handle it. And now if you see like like. Mickey Bass, but like, what if he was on shrooms, dude? You're like, that's really, yeah, and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel about in general, the idea of like, what if superheroes, but gritty violent, I'm just like, I'm, I'm bored. We've got so the, yeah, boys, the boys did it real well. Watchmen. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it so many times. So good kick-ass. So going into this, I was like, ugh, another, cause I don't know the comic book, this is fascinating. So I was like, "Ugh, another one of these where it's like violent superhero shenanigans. And what if it was more realistic? And and I'm I was delightfully surprised by how good it is and how good the storytelling is and primarily how good the animation is. This yep. it, it the way that it's drawn and designed and animated really looks like that, like 80s and 90s animated comic book shows like Batman or Superman, the animated series or that it kind of classic absolute, stuff. absolutely, or an X-Men. X-Men yeah,
0: definitely a Vox. And
1: it. capturing, and they also have a lot of the same voice actors who do a lot of the superhero shows or are on this playing the heroes and villains. And so they've done this amazing job of making it this original superhero world, but it, it feels so much a part of our legacy of watching these kinds of stories uh, so, yeah, I got really, I got really wrapped up. There. The voice cast also is. Oh, killer. Incredible. Yeah, uh, I mean, Yeun, J.K. Simmons, uh, Sandra Oh. Uh, and that's just the main, I mean, but like every, you you start to look it up and like every small part is either like a Clancy Brown or a Greg Griffin or one of these people who voices all your favorite superhero cartoons. Mm-hmm. Or it's like a Jason Manzukis or Gillian Jacobs or like somebody fronty from the world of comedy or it's just like packed with cool, funny people or Seth Rogan plays, you know, like a one-off cameo as an alien. And it, and it deals
0: with a lot of the, you know, the tropes we've uh, covered in superhero stories before, but um, it's, but it combines a lot of cool stuff. Like it's a little bit like there's a little bit of a YA aspect to it i i think with the like with the one character
1: right and it's Beetz beats is the girl that he sort of likes in high school yeah you're getting the high school story and, and
0: then but then it's also oh like a, an alien like with uh blending in with humanity so it's got like a superman element to it so it takes a lot of these you know flavors that we might have Tasted before, but it puts them together in a really fresh new way. And the violence and gore and action is really cool. That just some of the violence is kind of shocking. Like when when you first see it go down, it's like, oh, okay, that uh, the show goes that far. And it's done really well and so it's it's shocking but it's also kind of awesome sometimes and then it also goes too far sometimes and it's evocative it makes you feel and it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh blood of zeus that show we watched uh, in that yeah, way uh, yeah, where, sure. where like, like it's that. like oh this is r-rated uh like even though it's yeah. animated
1: right it, it, it's working on a bunch of these different levels but it's also not taking itself too seriously i mean i think that's Especially, and I, I, like, I I like the boys. I like a lot of the other shows of the genre. But I do feel like a lot of them have, they're a little, like, proud of themselves. Like, yeah, we figured this out. We look behind. We read between the lines of your favorite comics, bro. And this feels like its own thing. It doesn't feel like it's straining too hard to, like, analyze other comics or worlds. It's just its own story and world. And if you get something out of it or it it has a clever observation, more power to it. And uh, I, I thought... I don't know, in the same kind of way that early seasons of Walking Dead, I think, really benefit... They're both written by Robert Kirkman, which is where I make the comparison. He oh, wrote, yeah. Robert Kirkman wrote both the comics, Walking Dead and now Invincible. Oh, cool. Yeah, and, and I can see
0: that, because, uh, like, one parallel that strikes me right off the bat, we've seen so much zombie fare before Walking Dead, but it's like, oh, Walking Dead is doing something kind of fresh and interesting, and I'm down with this Yeah, date. And same here. There, like, a lot of times, I get a little wary of, like, the if it's a new comics universe or something that we're completely unfamiliar with, I'm like, oh, is this world building going to be a chore to kind of, all right, this, but no, it breezes by and it's done with a really nice shorthand and you're just like off to the races in this world and you kind of just like are along for the ride saying like, okay, different factions and groups of superheroes and super beings exist and you're, it's just kind of like, yeah, that's how it is and you're, I don't know, I felt fine with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's where I was going too, where he's just, he's creating, it's less about creating like this happens than this happens. He's creating this this world that we get the rules of and we get how it functions and Then you could kind of set your own stories just like what's happened with Walking Dead over now, 11 seasons, where it's less about following all the arcs of the comic books and it's more like it's a world. The, the things are set in the Walking Dead verse and now we've got the Invincible. Yes, verse. hopefully
0: it doesn't go too long and wear out its welcome. Like some people... Say walking dead did is how dare you no, I gave up yours. oh yeah, I and gave up watched, like season didn't. seven, I think, yeah, um like yeah, I mean I, I'm sorry, Negan <laughs> also Don't be sorry for those asking if you saw Invincible and it's like, okay, it's an animated series, but is it about Mark Wahlberg as a walk on for the Philadelphia Eagles? no. That's a completely separate movie. That's Mark Wahlberg yeah. in Invincible, where he played a walk-on for the Philadelphia Eagles, totally separate from Invincible, this yeah. animated comics universe show.
1: Also naked throughout wearing a prosthetic dong. Just a weird coincidence. You would think a football movie mm-hmm. would have less prosthetic dong, but yeah. much more. Yeah. Like- how, why do we
0: care what this um, inspirational football player is packing?
1: Well, that's part of why it's so inspirational.
0: Yeah, it, it, it turns out it is. Turns out it it's is. A, yeah. Invincible. And Lon, uh, I haven't finished it yet. Uh, I'm. Uh, I've, well, nobody has. It's not done yeah. yet. So, uh, but yeah, episodes are about 45 <laughs> minutes. and
1: Yeah, new episodes come out on Friday, but we're still in, in the thick of season there one. There we go. So I don't feel as
0: bad. Yet. I don't feel as bad now. Uh, check out Invincible on Amazon. Coming up, we're going to talk about the documentary Hysterical from FX Hulu. Bitching the fuck out of shit. Lon, we both watched a stand-up comedy documentary. Uh, it's we did. It aired on FX Hulu. Hysterical.
1: I have rarely seen a documentary where I enjoyed the people who are being interviewed so much mm-hmm. and the way that the movie was put together so little, like there was a huge gulf for me. You and I really see eye to eye on this. <laughs> <laughs> I loved all the interviews and getting to see bits and pieces of these women from throughout their careers and hearing their perspectives. super into mm-hmm. it. And then I feel like every time it was something interstitial or it was up to like the filmmaker to like, segue you would get these really corny hokey transitions and some of the questions were just weird and it was just like i felt like it was being like it it was like if my mom made a documentary about women doing comedy where it's just like why are you doing it this way just let them just let them talk yeah i i feel like yeah the
0: subject matter the women they're talking to we got some freaking powerhouses and it's this is some fascinating stuff because women did have to break into a boys' club here to make, make themselves heard, to get people to take them seriously, and, and and sometimes prove
1: to people that women can be funny. And we've got right, some- and and we could just hear them talk about that. But I feel like this movie is like, it'll show us four or five segments of women telling those stories and talk about that. And you'll be like, oh, that's very compelling. And then it'll bring up like a title card that's like- Comedy, I think dudes don't want to let girls do because they're dumb, and it's like I get it. You don't need to hit it like
0: this. Yeah, it might have hit us over the head a little too much. Also, I just found the the narrative construction of the film like it didn't it didn't feel like it's like it went from point A to B to C. It was just kind of like ah, oh, we got a, yeah. all these clips of like great stuff, um, and it's kind of it feels like a mishmash a little bit.
1: Yeah, and it's it's also, it, it, it introduces a lot of ideas, especially in the, it, you feel like the the person who made this, who I don't know anything about, it, it was made with like, there was like this whole outline and she was trying to make what footage she was getting, like fit this like outline about, and that it's it's like, and it's polemical. It's like, it's trying to convince you that like, no, but men have always said that women aren't funny. They call women hysterical and uh, when women are confident and it's like all these like observations. And I'm not saying they're wrong folks. Most of these observations are correct. And I agree with them, but the way they're presented, it's very like scattered. And it's very much, it's just like, it's like, it feels like a diatribe. It feels like somebody kind of like ranting at you. And none of the women being interviewed feel that way. In fact, at some points, they even kind of stop and they're like, wait, I don't think, I didn't think we were going to. Like, Eliza Schlesinger at one point is oh, like, yeah. I didn't, I thought we weren't going to talk about this. And she's like, no, no, but just like, no, but come on, say it. And it's just like, it's so, I don't think you need to be combative at this point. Like, I think the point in general is made that women are just as funny as men. And it's like insecure men didn't want to compete with women. And so they built up this. Narrative that women aren't funny like men are, and I think we all kind of grok that. And you don't need to disprove it; you can just make your movie about women in comedy.
0: Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, I love the use of the word "grok." I feel like that's a very uh, un. I
1: like the word "grok." Yes, like yeah, to kind it's of a, it's like, like a seventies word that I'm trying to bring connect, back. Uh, with that's why yeah you go you just get it you just like you're you're in and you get it right off the bat you don't need it explained to you you grok
0: but yeah, my, my problems with the construction of the of the the, the documentary aside, I think it's absolutely worth watching because just some of the vignettes and the moments that people are sharing about like how cringy it is, like just that their male counterparts would treat them this way, and some of the horrific stories of just uh like not being accepted or like what women have to go through when they're on the road and you're hearing from uh some really amazing people like Margaret Cho just uh she is like an an all-timer just not just for her comedy but what she's been through uh as a woman being on TV like with her Early sitcom uh, All American Girl and what she had to go through through that. So, hearing her stories, amazing stuff. Lisa Lampanelli, uh, uh, Eliza Slesinger. I, I feel like it, there's a little bit of a drop off just as far as like, it would be nice if you could get like, you know, Sarah Silver and Amy Schumer Wanda Sykes, like some of like the current maybe Mount Rushmore, of female, but like, there's really funny people. And then I would say it's worth it alone just for this woman, Kelly Bachman who went on stage uh, at the height of the Harvey Weinstein stuff uh, at a club in New York City and had an actual confrontation. Harvey Weinstein showed up.
1: It's like an event. Yes. Like an actor's actor's gang or something, they call it. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like he just showed up at a comedy club. Somebody invited him to this private event and brought him along. So that was what she was responding. I feel like it would have been a different, like not that, you should be nice to Harvey Weinstein if he's at a public place. But the fact that one of her fellows who went to this event brought Harvey Weinstein is what she's sort of reacting to. Right. And
0: and this woman, uh, I believe she's a survivor. And to have this fucking guy like in the audience at this invite event, like she handled it like a like a fucking G, like she like let him have it. And was getting shit from people in the audience, but they include that moment, the actual, actual like cell phone footage or whatever of that moment. Yeah,
1: It went, it went viral. at the, Yes. At I remember the, the story yeah. being
0: out there as well, but to actually see it and to hear from her, um, Like, that's worth the watch alone. That's like a transcendent moment. But overall, yeah, I agree with you, Lon. I I liked what they were saying, but the construction left a little to be desired. It's
1: just one of those things where it's like the documentary kind of needed to just get out of their own way and just let the subject speak. And if the movie doesn't end up going in this way you thought where they were going to be really mad at men for keeping them quiet, well, just make the movie about what they want to talk about. Like, that's the movie anyway. And, uh, you know, I I don't know. It It felt like... It felt like the filmmaker was trying to guide it in a place that the, the subjects were necessarily yeah. going.
0: So hysterical.
1: It's on Hulu now. It's an FX thing, but it's there on there.
0: You Hulu. go, Lon. We both uh, checked out some or all of The Serpent on Netflix. I've got two left.
1: I'm not quite. Yeah, through, I've, I've I'm got like
0: uh, I think four left. And you know, I'm th- there's a lot that I like about it, but it's also very depressing. It is.
1: Yeah, it's not an upbeat no. story, but I'm I'm finding it very compelling. I'm really I am enjoying watching it even though it is bleak.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> bleak just, as hell. The, like this guy's crimes. This he is, you know what? I'll say it. He is a real serpent.
1: What <laughs> what a well, snake. That, that that is what? it. That was his real nickname as a criminal. That's where the title oh. comes from. Uh they called it cuz he but they because he evade he was so masterful at evading Detection and arrest He was like a serpent In the weeds And you could never Like pin him down Uh, And so it's based On a real story About a guy named Charles Sabraj In the mid-70s And he would prey on He was a con man But also Just will kill you Mm -hmm. Uh, And he was uh, You know He was operating On what was known As the hippie trail So like Westerners, young Westerners would go to Thailand, Vietnam, backpackers
0: not being, just to drop out right. and they go to Southeast Asia
1: and... to go check it out. It was very romanticized They'd do a lot of drugs, whatever. Uh, and he would sort of pray find, isolate them, uh, invite them back. You know, he would pose as this gem dealer and this wealthy guy and he would make these friends among these kids, bring them back to his sort of estate where he would wine and dine mm-hmm. them. Uh, and then he would take their passports and steal their money and uh, often poison them and, and make it look like disintegrate. Yeah. Kill them. Uh, one of the
0: things I really love about this show though, is uh, the production design. Like it, the, the, the graininess, the colors, it, it feels like this, like it's, this show was made 2020, 2021, whatever. I, It feels like you're in the mid seventies. It's so. They do a very
1: clever thing too, where they'll they'll cut from some real, they'll they'll open sequences Mm -hmm. with real footage of like seventies Bangkok, and then they'll put a shot in that they took, and then like open up the frame, and so it turns into the show. So it really does make you feel like you're stepping into old newsreels from seventies Bangkok. Like they bring. I I was never in. Listen, I was not born yet in nineteen seventy five. I was not in Bangkok at the time. No. But it does feel like you're being put in this very far and exotic stuck out of time atmosphere. And yeah, I think definitely think the production value is one of the best things about the show, but also the lead performances from Tahirah uh as this guy Charles who poses as a guy named Alain Gautier mm-hmm. uh, but it's not him. Uh, and then uh, Jenna Coleman, who you, most people probably know from Doctor Who. Yes. Uh, she she is, uh, is sort of girlfriend but also victim but also accomplice all kind of tied up together goes by Monique yeah uh there there's some real I don't know, like is it
0: not quite Stockholm syndrome was she um because yeah well I mean yeah. I think
1: that's that's what's so fascinating about it is because it, so much of it is uh I was I was reading about the newsletter today and uh, there's this great David Mamet movie called House of Games with Joe mm-hmm. Mantegna from the 80s and it's he's a con man in it but A lot of the movie is he's explaining to this psychiatrist like how to be a con man and what cons are all about. And the the basic premise is it's called a confidence scheme, not because my victim puts their confidence in me, but because I pretend to put my confidence in them. Because that's that's how human beings work. If I show you trust and loyalty, your natural instinct is to show it back to me. We're reciprocal by nature. So that's how a lot of con games work is the con man pretends... To put their trust in you so that you do the same in kind. It's like, oh, hey, take this gem. I'll give you it for almost free to give to your girlfriend. Or you should come stay mm-hmm. at my house for the weekend. I'll put you up. No problem. We're friends. And you do gestures like that. And then people go, well, this person's doing nice things for me. I got to trust them with my passport or not lock my door or you know, let them take my girlfriend to this party that I'm not going to, or whatever.
0: Yeah, Lon, uh, it strikes me as uh, you're a little too good at explaining what a confidence nah, game well, is. Well, they
1: did watch House of Games because they do a very good job of, like, showing you. There's scenes where Mamet wrote, like, here's exactly how you would do it. And, you know, they they he even there's one scene where he plays out like a classic uh, con, mm-hmm. like, in real time. Like, he shows you how Mantegna goes to this bus depot, and he sees a, a clearly a guy who's in the armed services sitting right. there and he pretends that he's also a, a veteran. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll tell you what, if you're they're waiting to get money wired to them so they could buy a bus ticket. Right. And so he's like, I'll tell you what, if my money gets wired in before yours, I'll loan you the money so you can buy your ticket and get out of here. I know how eager you must be. And then I'll wait around for your money. And so uh, it's William H. Macy who's playing the other guy mm-hmm. who's not Joe Baitanya. And William H. Macy goes, oh. Well, yeah, I mean, well, same deal with me. If my money comes in first, I'll buy your ticket. And then, you know, wait around, you know. And so Mantegna knows he doesn't have any money coming in. So now they're just waiting for William H. Macy's money to come in so he could buy Mantegna the ticket. Uh And that's like in a little moment. And and, and so and then when you watch uh, The Serpent, they they also do a very good job of sort of taking you inside, like how Charles Sobhraj is getting in people's heads and like slowly manipulating them and turning them to where they feel like, well, now I'm implicated. I can't turn this guy in. I'd be turning myself
0: in. Yeah, so cold, calculated. And yeah, the the performances are great. And it's, oh, but it's very unsettling. Uh, Like, I was just, um, like, really depressed watching this guy. Like, compelled to watch, but also, like, yeah, it's uh, just taking advantage of people at the really base level. Um, And it did take me back to my time in Bangkok lawn.
1: In the mid seventies? No, in the,
0: uh, in the mid, (laughs) uh, in the late aughts. I spent, I spent a month and a half in, uh, in Thailand uh, shooting a kid's action adventure movie.
1: Wow. Really?
0: Lost medallion starring. I'm uh, really
1: glad that this story did not end with sex tourism. Oh no. I was a little concerned at the beginning. (laughs) um I, i'm not gary glitter like spend some time in thailand i was like do we want to keep talking about oh, this sure.
0: um, it, um you, you can find the it,
1: well, lots many reasons to go to
0: thailand yeah. folks
1: lovely country not just sex
0: uh, look up uh the lost medallion starring um veteran actor james hong and uh mark oh. mark Dacuscus.
1: Wow! What a what a what an all star uh, and Al Rudnick. Y- yes, indeed, I, I played a bad guy
0: chasing kids through the jungles of Thailand.
1: <laughs> this means you are one degree from John Wick. My
0: friend. oh my god! Yes, Mark Dacascos uh, was uh, he, he bad also guy. plays Zero
1: in the latest mm-hmm. uh, John Wick.
0: Um, but. Uh, yeah, the serpent. It's uh, yeah, really well done, and I really dug
1: it. Very uh, beautifully put together, really well acted. Just uh, if you're interested in you know con artists and murderers, you will find it delightful. Yeah,
0: and um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to watch uh, House of Games. I have seen The Spanish Prisoner, which I really like, which is another. Yeah,
1: uh, House of Games. It's, it's in a similar vein where it's like mammoth exploring like the real intricacies of that kind of crime and how. How that sort of scheme would would play out? Is Ricky J in that one as well? He is. Oh I yes, he
0: is. Um, R.I.P. Ricky J uh, and his fifty two friends, fifty two assistants. Mm. Uh, the yeah, the card master like yes uh, so yes on Netflix the serpent lon those are the shows we've watched we've talked uh, about okay. so many different things too many animal penises and uh, we just enough I'd say uh, just the right amount of we, we didn't talk penises, about any owl faith. penises hoot hoot owl nation okay. uh, and uh, thank you starburns. For having us. And shout out to our super producer, Adam Macias. Thank you for making us a little smoother than we are in real life. And Jason Kay, thank you for rocking us out in, uh, at the beginning of the show. Lon, tell
1: everybody where they can find you. Find me on Twitter at L O N S. That's the easiest place. Uh, and you can also subscribe to my newsletter, that's inside.com. Slash streaming, if you want all the top streaming news and reviews every day, five days a week, for free,
0: to your inbox. There you go. And uh, you can find me at Hal Rudnick, H-A-L-R-U-D-N-I-C-K, on Twitter and Instagram. Come by, say hi, and, uh, you know, or, you know, say hoot hoot, or, you know, just talk some shit, whatever you want to do. And if you're feeling extra frisky, go to iTunes and leave us a nice review. And if you don't want to leave a nice review, you know, didn't your mom say, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all? Maybe go that route. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. Bitch bitch boys, bitch, 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 bitch
1: in the fuck out of shit.